Welcome to Mysteries from Owl Creek Press. I'm your host, Kit Crum. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, aside from a scary story, a haunting, something about a ghost, a witch, or like today, a lost world, I give away a book every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, an audio version of one of my novels. Today, it's Cutter's Legacy. Go to owlcreekpress.com, check it out, and if you like, contact me at kitkcrum at gmail.com. I'll send you a code and instructions how to use it to get your free audio version, it's a full novel, of Cutter's Legacy. Now, we travel to Canada and the lost world of Albert Faley. We go to the territories in the Northwest, Dead Man's Valley, Nahani National Park Reserve, and the Deho region of the Northwest Territories. Canada is around 300 miles west of Yellowknife and is 11,000 square miles in area. Part of the McKinsey Mountains reside within it, and the South Nahani River, Nahadehe, is at its center. It was named a national park in 1976 and a UNESCO World Heritage Site in 1978. And let me tell you, you can't get to the center of this park unless you drop and do a little parachuting. The park is surrounded by huge peaks. The river is often confronted with cliffs three to four thousand feet high. It features geysers, sinkholes, deep canyons, caves, gorges, and beautiful untouched forests. Within these stunning vistas lies Virginia Falls, a 315 feet high of waterfall, twice the height of Niagara Falls. The area is true wilderness and has been largely unexplored as it is accessible only by air or water after you portage around Virginia Falls or a long overland journey by foot over several weeks, maybe a month. Nahani is from the language of the indigenous Diné people that have inhabited the region for thousands of years. It means the people over there, in reference to a tribe of mountain-dwelling people known as the Naha, who were once known to raid the lowland settlements before mysteriously vanishing from the valley. There's speculation that they may have been the ancestors of the modern-day Navajo people. I cover that in another podcast. Over the years, there have been many mysterious stories that have emerged from the area. The names of the park areas such as Dead Man's Valley, Headless Creek, Headless Range, and the Funeral Range relate to these strange stories and legends. The First Nation people, through oral history, speak of an unknown evil lurking within the spectacular 200-mile Dead Man's Valley, also called Headless Valley, and most often, most Diné avoid it. The names come from a series of unexplained incidents in the gorge during the gold rush of the early 20th century. Two brothers, William Frank McLeod, left in 1906 in an attempt to reach the Klondike in the Yukon through the Nahani. Kind of a shortcut, they thought. Nothing was heard from them for the next two years, but there were rumors of them finding a gigantic gold mine. Since then, the lost McLeod mine has become legendary, and many have lost their lives in very strange ways. Over 52 of these vanishing people were eventually discovered and various stages of decapitation. In 1908, another gold prospecting expedition found two bodies tied to the trees upside down, later identified as the McLeod brothers, both of which had been decapitated. The brothers were found by Charlie McLeod, another brother, 
and he buried the headless men, planting a cross to mark their graves. There were seven witnesses when they were the grave was dug, all members of the search party. Before their murders, a few trappers and hunters in the area said they had seen a third man with the McLeods. Whether it was the third man who cut off the heads of the McLeods is unknown. There is speculation and claims that the mysterious third man was seen trading gold at several Hudson Bay trading posts. The McLeods first started prospecting in 1904 through British Columbia and parts of southeast Alaska. Upon arrival in the Nahani country, they ended up in the upper Flat River where they found dog rib Indians with coarse gold nuggets, some as large as a quarter ounce in size. They made camp in the spring in the area where they were told the gold came from. The McLeods named the stream Gold Creek. The Indians apparently were not happy with their arrival. According to conversations with the McLeods, they said the Indians had probably taken the best finds. The prospect was a small one, and the brothers used some small Indian-made sluices to aid in the extraction of any gold that was left. They were able to fill a toothache remedy bottle and had 10 ounces of gold in a moose hide bag. They took the sluices, which were made of hand-hewn or whipsawed local lumber, and they made a crude box-sized boat to paddle down the Nahani. They were about 20 miles down the river, near the Cascades of the Thirteen Drops, which later was renamed Flat River Canyon. At this point, they would have to travel about 110 miles down the Flat River, then 80 miles up to the Laird River. They started out through the canyon, but water entered the boat, and they lost everything except the 10-ounce bag of gold and had to return to Gold Creek. They built another boat out of sluice, box, planks, and a track line from the strip, thin strips of moose hide so they could lower their possessions down the worst places in the river. Finally, they were able to make it down the canyon and up the Laird River to Fort Laird. Willie decided to work a while for the Hudson Bay Company at the fort, but in 1905 decided to head out in search of more gold. McLeod's gold camp in Dead Man's Valley was located in a spruce forest on the left bank of the Nahani, not far below Second Canyon Mountain. One of the McLeod's was in the habit of writing messages on trees. A message was found written on a broken dog sled runner that read, We have found a fine prospect. Well, a supposed third man in the party showed up at Telegraph Creek in British Columbia sometime later, tracked by mounted police, who eventually traced him to Vancouver. It was estimated he had about $8,000 in gold nuggets. Well, the Lost McLeod gold mine has been the focus of countless searches, and that brings us to Albert Faley. He was born in 1888 in Minnesota. But by the age of 23, he was running a 100-mile trap line along the Laird River, one of the tributaries leading into the Nahani. This was 1911, just six years after the McLeod brothers' headless bodies had been found. After decades of wintering along the Laird and the Nahani, working his trap lines, his body was no longer up to the task. In the mid-1950s, and being in his late 60s, Albert Faley decided to go after the McLeod's lost gold mine. He was a longtime resident of Fort Simpson, and once the ice had left the rivers, he would set out in a 20-foot-long john boat loaded with supplies for over a 500-mile trip 
that he would have to take just to reach the mouth of what was referred to as Headless Creek, the site where the headless bodies of the McLoyds had been found all those years ago. Beside the daunting mileage, he had to portage around Virginia Falls, twice the height of Niagara Falls, remember? A task that would take him a week just to move his supplies. Once above the falls, he would build a second boat and continue up the Nahani. One year, his boat capsized in rough weather, and he almost drowned. On another trip, winter set in early, while he was living in a hastily constructed cabin, he'd gotten scurvy and pulled out several loose teeth with pliers. Year after year, trip after trip, he would come up a short distance and have to turn back. By 1962, at the age of 74, he was still making the trip, coming as close as 40 miles to the McLeod Mine. Once confronted by another resident of Fort Simpson, where he lived, he was asked if he was going to try again at the age of 75. He answered that he would be dead or drowned before he'd quit. Now, on a personal note, I first learned about Albert Faley in Headless Valley about 55 years ago, and he was still making the trip up the Nahani. An 18-minute documentary was made in 1962 about Albert Faley that you can now watch on YouTube. It's an amazing story about an amazing man traveling into the lost world. And let me tell you, most tourists, because this is a park, only go as far as Virginia Falls. And when the documentary was made and it showed Albert Faley portaging around the falls, the cameraman and the crew of the documentary had to help him just to make it go a little bit faster. It's incredible to watch. That's Albert Faley and the Nahani that you can watch on YouTube. Well, this is Kit Crum asking you to listen tomorrow when Ray Ruckus asks you the question, who's gaslighting you? This is Kit Crum. Thanks for listening.